This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. He is just an obsessive goal scorer. But they have to understand I chose to, to stay in my country because I'm French. And, and the Bernabeu brings it back. I haven't, I haven't got a problem with soccer, to be fair. Football. What I can guarantee to you is that they want to keep everything secret. Welcome to House of Champions! YouTube friends, drop in your comments and questions in that chat and make sure you smash the like and subscribe buttons as we answer some of your questions in the House of Champions mailbag. Thanks to everybody for throwing the questions in the mailbag there. We'll get to the best of them as quickly as we possibly can. Who's in the house today? We got Nigel Rio Coker. Nigel, how you doing? I'm great. Thank you, my friend. Oh, thanks very much then. Michael Lude, how you doing, buddy? <laughs> I'm doing great, great, grand, and sipping on my new juice. So good. Ooh, nice one. New juice, is this like a sponsor thing or what's that? No, it's uh, yeah, sponsored by the missus. She makes great juices. If you want good juices, don't come to our house. That's for me and me only and our dogs. So cheers. She gives him advice on players too, Ian. He forgot that part. Right? <laughs> <laughs> don't don't, don't yeah. do not give my secret sauce away, Nigel. I get my information from. All right, JJ's in the house from Paris. How you doing? Bonjour. Yeah, doing very well. Thanks. Just fresh off of the shopping spree of a lifetime, dropped a hundred euros on cheese alone. So I'm feeling very French right now. <laughs> The festive season has done you well, except for carrying all of that alcohol over to the UK for Nigel Rio Coker. I mean, they're going to have some issues with you. You might lose your immigration status. You know that, right? Yeah, I mean, he's going to have me loaded down like a pack horse. It's uh, it's going to feel pretty, pretty humiliating. Like, <laughs> you know, I'm going to be there with like the, pulling this Santa sleigh full of cognac, wine, and all the goodies. But uh, no, it's all it's it's all worth it just to see the smile on his face. Oh. Well, we hope everybody out there is enjoying the festive season. Um, if you are celebrating the holidays, uh, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, Happy Hanukkah, whatever you're celebrating right now. If you're just tuning into the show, thank you so much for joining us. And also throughout the year, thank you for joining House of Champions. It's been an absolutely phenomenal finish to the year for us. So grateful for my team and obviously our producer, Des, who's going to start throwing some of the questions your way as well. Um, but we've got a great thing going here and we plan to continue that all the way into the new year. But we're going to finish out the season in style, the year in style, with some of your questions who matter to us most. So, Producer Des, roll that first question. Nigel Rio Coker, this one's coming to you. <laughs> this one comes in from Matt Osmond. He says, in light of Manuel Neuer's skiing accident, what is the dumbest injury you or a former teammate has incurred? Well, I wasn't going to say anything, but it was out there a while ago. <laughs> Uh, my time in the MLS, let's just say uh, I uh, tripped over and fell over a bike rack and smashed my face. 
Yeah. <laughs> Get over bike rack in Vancouver, smash my what, face. What, 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 what were the yeah, circumstances <laughs> surrounding yeah, the fall? Yeah, you, you, you're going to have to delve into this story yeah, just a little yeah, bit yeah, more, yeah, Nigel, please. Uh, the circumstances are a bit irrelevant, but yeah, I, 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 I <laughs> over a bike rack and smash my face, right? Uh, and I missed a few games. Wow. Mm. For insurance purposes, we will uh, now move on to Michael LaHood and uh, <laughs> maybe the dumbest injury you've ever had, buddy. Uh, you know, I, I tried to steer clear from dumb injuries, but I do know I do have a former teammate that had a very dumb injury. He will remain unnamed as we do here on the show. Um, but there's something in the water, must be something in the water in MLS and in the state of California, where when you sign a contract, you're not allowed to do to go skiing, surfing. But this fella forgot the surfing aspect. So he rolls into the locker room with a massive surfboard. And we're all thinking... Okay, maybe this. Are we, this t- is are we talking about Heath Pierce here? <laughs> Heath does know this player, though. By the way, I'll give you the Hang hint. On. Heath does know this player, so rolls in, and everyone's like, "Come on, man, just put the surfboard away." And he's like, "Nah, nah, 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 nah. I want to learn to surf. I'm, I'm in the state of California." So he goes out, gets in a bad surfing accident. I mean, comes in with a black eye. The manager looks at him and says, "Were you surfing?" And he goes, "No, no, no. Like I wasn't surfing whatsoever." So he lies to the manager. Little does he know, the manager, the manager's at the beach with his family watching him surf, and he lies to the manager that he got beat up by a bunch of thugs in the alleyway. <laughs> we wow. were like, yeah, that is that is. So the gaffer was watching him while he was surfing? Gaffer was watching him out on a picnic with his family at the beach, watching him surf. Didn't say a word. Asked him if he had surfed in front of all of us, and the fellow lied like he'd never lied before with a black eye. And safe to say, hey, he got suspended. Listen, this is this is not an injury because I don't really have a stupid injury <laughs> except for getting into fights and stupid injuries that we all go into these 50-50s and stuff like that and get really hurt. But I've got a stupid story for you. I was a rookie at Tramier Rovers and John Aldridge was my manager. And um, I slept in. I, I managed to like switch my alarm clock off or I had my headphones plugged into my alarm. So it didn't go off. It didn't wake me up. I woke up at like 11 o'clock. And you guys don't know this feeling. You know, if, if you've missed or been late for a minute, being late around a locker room is the worst thing you can do being two hours late is even worse than that i rolled up to the training ground i was a rookie remember this i was i was a kid i was a yts i rolled up to the training ground and um gaffer goes and says come see me later on go into his office and he says um where were you i said i said i'm really sorry gaffer i just the car broke down on the way you'll never believe it car broke down engine just started smoking all this stuff (laughs) i'm making this up let's go and he goes ian you bought the car brand new last week, so stop your BS, will you? I literally just bought a brand new Renault Clio. It is fresh <laughs> off the fresh off the rack. Like there's nothing wrong with this car. I even drove to training in this Clio as well, still polished and everything like that. He fined me a week's wages. Let's just say that I was never ever late again for anything in my life after that one. JJ, what about you? I mean, you know, obviously you're traveling around, you're covering games. For sure, there has been a drunken <laughs> night or two with you when you've been going around Paris. You must have had an injury or two that you're embarrassed about. I mean, there's definitely been plenty of embarrassing and awkward evenings and uh, potentially alcohol-related injuries. But I think sort of in terms of some of the most stupid that I can remember, I mean, obviously as a, a Villa fan and uh, you know, also as a journalist, you, you kind of remember the ones that are sort of outside of the box and the one that i always recall as a villa fan was when vassell drilled through his own toenail to get to a blood blister infected the toe had to have the nail removed i think he must have missed literally like four weeks six weeks of the season but like i don't know my brain can't compute how as a professional footballer 
you would actually take to like a part of your own body with a, you know a household appliance like that not like, not even you, a household you can, appliance like you can <laughs> i mean can you just imagine it well i i can't an electric yeah, no you can you can because you've worked around footballers enough to know that they're not all of them are smart. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, a, I mean, a night out, a night out with yeah. Nigel, and you realise that you know, footballers <laughs> maybe mentally are not cra- not all they're cracked oh, up to be. Man. And <laughs> at least taking his at, lumps. At least he looks good on that dance floor. At least <laughs> yeah. he looks good on that dance floor. All right, producer Des, throw in that next question. Let's get after it. What we got? All right, here we go. This one comes oh. in from Kyle Hewitt. Who do you all think should be the manager for the 2026 U.S. men's national team? 26 we're talking about, Michael. Let's go with you. Oh, I'm going Jesse Raymond. Raymond's not his actual middle name, but Jesse Marsh. (laughs) That's who I'm going. This is after a few (laughs) years. (laughs) This is after a few years of keeping leads in the Premier League and doing the unthinkable and getting an EFL championship, EFL Cup, to his name, and then walking out in a blazing light of glory and going to the U.S. men's national team, all in the name of pissing off a one, Nigel Rio Coker. A.K.A. what you mean by that is when he gets fired in about six months, <laughs> time, he's going to be looking yeah. for a job. JJ, who do you think? I mean, on the outside, looking into the U.S. national team, you've been working around the United States long enough to know and recognize who could be the next candidates. Who you got? Yeah, I mean, you know when Elon Musk said the other day, like, he'll step aside and someone can take over Twitter when there's somebody crazy enough to replace him? I think you'd have to have, like, a similar level of crazy to want this job at the USMNT. No, I'm joking. I know that there's this narrative already that I'm, like, ridiculously biased against the USMNT because I didn't put them in my power rankings the other day. I mean, honestly, I still stand by that prediction. I think Nigel and I were talking about it on the show not that long ago, or we floated the idea. I know he's going to stick around for the England job, at least until the Euros. I don't think that England will win the Euros in 2024. And at that point, I see Southgate leaving. I think Southgate would be a good get for the USMNT. I know he's not familiar with the MLS, but hmm. uh, you know, I think that you know he could learn. Uh, and I think he's got the right approach to sort of building a group of players that the USMNT might need for somebody else like a Marsh, perhaps a bit further down the road to benefit from. NRC? I agree with JJ. I, I really okay. do. I, I think wow. Southgate will be a great fit. The only yeah. other player where I feel with this young team that they have who can really coach them well, a wild card where I think US, um, the US Soccer Federation should pay attention to is Brendan Rodgers. Brendan Rodgers is another one. Brendan Rodgers, I feel for me, if you look at his track record, the clubs he's coached, how he coaches these clubs with the young talent that they have to educate them to be great footballers in the sense of football education, Brendan Rodgers, I feel, will be a good fit for the US national team. And while we're on the topic of wild cards, now, uh, th- this is this is a bit left field, but he has already worked in an English-speaking environment and he was succeeded by Jesse Marsh. What, what, what about... <laughs> don't, no, 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 I'm being serious. What, what, what about looking into the possibility of getting Bielsa? Now, why do I say that? Because Bielsa's tactics... I think would work well in tournaments. I think it works better in tournaments than over a long stretch in a league season. And also you have to be athletes to be able to really thrive in Marcelo Bielsa's system. Uh, And I think, you know, it would be a challenge for some, but I I certainly think he'd be able to get a lot out of that group of players. I like the Jesse show. I like the Jesse show. I think that one's more realistic than um, than a BL. So I do like the point because tactically, if you look at the players and the group of players that they've got, 
they are skillful. There are some really good players there. There's no doubt. But where are they going to have success? It's, it's going to be reaching their full maximum athletic potential. If you're outrunning and outbattling teams, it's going to make it much more difficult. I mean, let's take Morocco, for example. Difficult to score goals against. They, they run like crazy. They fight oh, yeah. for everything. So you need to be along that way of lines. Just got to throw a name out there. Absolutely no chance of it hitting. But I'm just going to throw a name out there because I think it would be pretty cool. Pep Guardiola. Ooh. No chance. <laughs> no Why not? Chance. Nigel, if he leaves yeah. Manchester City, where's he going? Brazil. Brazil. Oh, Brazil won him. Brazil won him. Brazil won him. There's no chance he's going to Brazil. He's been there. But listen, there's articles coming out already for the only Brazil being the first thing ever not to have a Brazilian manager. Pep Guardiola is the top of their list. The only thing he's going to Brazil for is Carnival, and that's it. No. That's the only reason he's going to that he country. He spends a lot of time in Brazil, Michael. Are we, I'm telling are you. Are we talking about Nigel? Are we talking about Nigel? Are we talking about Pep Guardiola? We've lost Nigel for a month. Where is he? He's unreal. Listen, uh, no, no, Pep Guardiola. He got himself, got himself <laughs> glittered up with some butterfly wings. Look at these Anyway, he does spend a lot of time in Brazil. And mm. there is talk of Brazil for the first time going with a non-Brazilian manager because of their struggles with European Nigel. side. And this, I'm telling you, Pep Guardiola. He spends time here in New York. He's, yeah. he's got an apartment in a city. He he's spends time everywhere around the world. He's got yeah. bloody money coming out of his ass. Yeah, but that's he's your I mean, look, 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 look how dang, look how dangerous <laughs> it's been reading into all of the messy spends time in Miami stuff, and then people getting yeah. damaged when it looks like he might stay in Europe. He, I'm yeah. telling you, Pep Guardiola really? is the number one target on Brazil's national team list. And he, how could he turn down Brazil to manage the how most? How could he turn down like, the US? He, yeah, he's, huh? How could he turn down the US? What's the US done on one? He gets to work with Christian Pulisic. What uh, how, job is that? The, the obvious question is, how could, how, could he, how could he turn down a couple more years at City on the wages yeah, he's getting? Yeah, yeah, that's... Yeah, because he's going to win the Champions League, win the Premier League, and then move on. He's got to look for a he's new project after the Champions this. League. Stop putting that crap out there. Next <laughs> All question, right, yeah. Des. <laughs> All right, producer Des, throw up the next one. Here we go. This one comes in from oh, Massino, Massimo Carpino, 421. Uh, which striker should Manchester United target? I know Jonathan David has been linked with the team in the past. Let's go to mm. you, Michael, once again to begin this one because you are a Red Devil. Uh, you know... I think the likes of a Gonzalo Ramos from Benfica, I think he'd be a good fit for a Premier League side like United because he can link up, he can score his own goals, um, and he works his socks off. But, man, I think the player that I'd love to see, just the version of him that plays for Brazil, Richarlison, I think he's just that – he's got that SOB sort of vibe. You don't mess with him in the final third, and he will be motivated to make a bigger name for himself than he already has at Tottenham. Don't see it working out with him at Spurs. Haven't you already? Haven't you already got Martial to score you like two goals in the season, <laughs> <laughs> and then disappear? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just gonna say this is why Manchester United are the way they are because they've got fans like Michael <laughs> who are absolute crap and just talk absolute nonsense. That's why I'm not surprised. Like Manchester United fans have no sense nowadays because of Michael's comment. Ossiman, Ossiman is the striker that Manchester United need. Eric Hintard wants to play high press, high energy. Look how hard he works at Napoli. Look how he presses and look how he scores and finishes goals. You've got the ability to be dominant in the air and he's great with his feet. Osman is the striker that Manchester United can have that will get them the goals that they need and work perfectly well with what Eric and, and Eric Hintard wants. Eric who? 
She's not German. <laughs> and I think he, I think he said Erica Hag. Erica. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, uh, my, mine's going to be a bit unimaginative because I know they've been linked with him already, but I do think he's another Ten Hag compatible player, and that's Gakpo. After the World Cup that he had with the Netherlands, you know, I think I think the fit is the right one. I think Gakpo is somebody as well who he still has a lot of room for improvement. The ceiling's high, obviously, but I think when he makes that next move, he really needs to go somewhere where he knows that the coach is going to believe in him. And I think going somewhere where, you know, like United, where Ten Hag knows his game already and knows how he would want to develop him. I think that would be a smart move for him because let's face it, it's not going to be just United going in for, uh, for him. And with regards to Jonathan David, quite quickly, obviously the World Cup didn't go the way that he wanted. He's been in better form so far this season for Lille. I just still don't quite see him being at that kind of elite level that I think United would hold themselves mm. to. Certainly now, uh, you know, now, now that Ten Hag is there. So for me, I think it would be more likely to be a Gakpo. I just don't see United being that strong of a pull anymore. And it's unfortunate. Listen, I've mm. grown up watching Manchester United and I think it's it's difficult for Manchester United now to get the best strikers in the world. They're not looking at United anymore. They're looking for managers. They're looking for opportunity to win trophies. And United are so far away from that right now. It's not even guaranteed that they're going to be in a Champions League uh, football next season. So it's very difficult for United to bring in the best players. Um, great stuff, as always, boys. Let's take a quick break. More to come from us when wait, we come wait, back. Wait, Ian, who are you saying then? I, that's what I'm finding it difficult. I like Gakpo. You know, listen, I think Gakpo's a good signing for them. I think they can get him. It, but he's not someone who's going to change the game for them. Yeah, I see him in the mold yeah. of an Anthony Martial, as JJ just pointed out. Anthony Martial, me, is a very good player. Very good player. But underperformed, as far as I'm concerned, at Manchester United. And he's, he's so up and down with his consistency. United need to do better than that. United need to find consistency with strikers. And I just don't see it. So Nigel made the, the best recommendation in. Osiman. Thanks, Ian. Love Osiman. Love Osiman. But not you're not coming. getting him. He's not coming to United, though. That's not realistic. <laughs> not getting him. That's not my problem, <laughs> is it? Actually, actually, I have I have like a, a left field suggestion. I don't know he's kind of dropped down in people's estimation in the last couple of months. But Vlaovic, Vlaovic is the kind of guy who will be on the market soon because of Juve's situation mm. and who United might actually be able to snare. He's not. I don't think he's necessarily as prolific as some of his former suggested, but he's the kind of guy that no. I would expect United I like to it. go for. Jay, Jay, Jay how, how about this one? Vlahovic to Bayern Munich. <laughs> You've said that before. You, 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 Ian, Ian is just There's so committed. Yeah, so committed to seeing Bayern burn. Go down. Yeah, that's exactly. Somebody needs to fix the problem over there. Somebody <laughs> needs to fix it. <laughs> it sounds like Pavar is going to bring the house down for you on his own. All right, let's get to break. Uh, more to come from us when we come back. House of Champions. We'll be right back after the short break. More from the mailbag. Hey everyone, this is Jimmy Conrad, your favorite former U.S. Men's National Team player and the host of the Call It What You Want podcast. And I'm here to tell you that Viore is a versatile clothing brand that speaks my language. It's inspired from the coastal California lifestyle, just like me. Its products stand the test of time, just like me. And also, just like me, it endeavors to inspire others to live vibrant, healthy lives. Viore gear is designed to look great in everyday life, while also being perfect for any workout activity. I'm currently rocking the men's Sunday performance jogger. And don't let the name deceive you. You can wear these babies any day of the week and in any situation. I'm talking going to the office, running errands, the gym, whatever your heart desires, because Viore is an investment in your happiness. For our listeners, they are offering 20% off your first purchase. 
So get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet at viore.com slash sports. That's V-U-O-R-I dot com slash sports. Not only will you receive 20% off your first purchase, but enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75 and free returns. Again, go to viore.com slash sports and discover the versatility of Viore clothing. Did you know that while over 60% of Americans dream of starting their own business, less than 20% of them take the first step? The reason? Building a business is tough. Taylor Brands is simplifying the business journey. From launching and managing to growing your business, Taylor Brands isn't just another tool. It's your online business partner from launch to success. With Taylor Brands, building your dream business becomes an effortless experience. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, ensuring you have everything you need in one place. From LLC formation to bookkeeping, invoicing to acquiring licenses and permits, and even setting up your bank account. Taylor Brands handles it all seamlessly. And our listeners will receive 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans using our link, taylorbrands.com slash CBS Sports. That's T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-S dot com slash CBS Sports. So start your business journey today with Taylor Brands. Well, don't stop watching the world's best soccer stream every match of the UEFA Champions League live on Paramount+. Plus. It's soccer's ultimate annual competition, not for country, but for clubs. So sign up today for 50% off an entire year using the code ALLYEAR at ParamountPlus.com slash sports. Welcome back to House of Champions. We're going through the mailbag. We've got Nigel Rio Coker. We've got Michael LaHood. And we've got Jonathan Johnson in the house today. Producer Des, throw up the next question. Here we go from Rafa, one of our favorite, favorite viewers of the show. By watching the World Cup and celebrating the final as the best of all time are we all complicit in qatar's sport washing scheme jj i'm gonna start with you guys my my connection's breaking up i'm gonna have to get back to you in a few minutes (laughs) 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 no i mean honestly it's i mean this is kind of the point of sports washing though is it not like you basically take a product that is so uh, indispensable to people, you know that they're not going to be able to turn away from it, no matter sort of what it's being associated with, because you know it's something that people can't do without. There's there's no way that everybody in the world is ever going to turn their back on a on a World Cup. There are always going to be people, uh, you know, watching it. I mean, my belief in terms of sort of the whole idea of the best World Cup is every World Cup is the best World Cup since the last one. It, you know, it's that recency bias, it's that excitement that it generates when it comes around every four years. Um, you know, but there's a reason why football clubs, uh, you know, football competitions now, uh, you know, are targeted for this kind of thing. It's because it's something that people can't do without. We can't do without it. You know, we, are, you know, could we imagine, you know, a World Cup coming around every four Never. years and not, you know, watching it, tuning into games, wanting to discuss it? Uh, for me, I have a very difficult time, you know, imagining myself, you know, actually sort of being in the position to boycott it. Why? Because, you know, I, I live and breathe it. I couldn't imagine going through even a month in, in my life, like not waking up and wanting to, you know, check what's going on in the in the footballing world. As much as, as, much as the, the missus would love for me to take that much time <laughs> away from football, you know, it's just not going to happen. Hey, can I just jump in, Mike, real quickly? Yeah, just yeah, yeah. Nasser El Khalifi has trained Jonathan Johnson very well <laughs> indeed with that response right now. We appreciate you, Nasser. <laughs> I mean, JJ. Go ahead, Michael. Ah, <laughs> oh, that is brilliant. I, I wouldn't agree with that sentiment of being complicit in the sports washing just because there's a love affair that happens every four years with football. And if you're a football fan, sports is bigger than whatever it is that's happening. And, and sports unites us. And 
over and against all odds, looking at how this tournament started, the fact that the, the final ended the way it did, that was a gift for football fans, for for all the, the rubbish that was going on to start the tournament, the rubbish behind the scenes, the fact that we were all brought together by an amazing game. And when I walk away from that final, I think of a, a famous quote in Hollywood and in movies, are you not entertained? At the end of the day, this game entertained all of us, whether you're Argentinian, French, English, French, as JJ is, or Marseille's newest biggest fan as i am you were entertained and, and i think this tournament and this final was the best thing that we could have asked for at the end of the day well um <laughs> i'm going to the same answer that jj went to next question <laughs> no, I think it's, it's honestly for me i look at it in a different perspective in the sense of i always say to friends and close friends and family of mine is control what you can control we had no control in the World Cup being held in Qatar. And realistically, it's not the first time that politics and things that people wouldn't really like to happen took place. And it's not the first time it's been a controversial World Cup. But we had no control in that. And it's just because of the love of the game and what the World Cup can do that we watch it. We love it because of what it does, what it brings, friends, family, conversations. And it's the one sport in the world that unites the world. I'm not saying that this World Cup united the world. And for me, again, I wouldn't say that this is the greatest World Cup. I would say that it's probably one of the greatest finals mm. ever in the World Cup. I wouldn't say it's the greatest, but you talk about, like Ian said, every World Cup is the greatest. I still, talk, I still think about 1994, Brazil-Italy final. You know, you talk about... Uh, the French fight, the, the, the France um, World Cup that happened in France. 98. And 98. What, what year was that again? 98. 98. So there's so many that still, as a football fan, they really stick to me because of how amazing it is. And I will remember this World Cup because of the final. But I don't feel that we're complicit to it because, again, it's not something that we had control to have this World Cup held there. So I always say control what you could control. I mean, I think we've I think we've spent time as well looking at what's been going on during the World Cup. And, you know, yes. we haven't always been glowing about it. You know, I think yeah. we've tried to keep it as real as we can on this podcast, talk yeah. about stuff that we haven't liked as well as the stuff that we have liked. I mean, at the end of the day, it was inevitable that we would appreciate the football being played. I mean, OK, what? It's not a World Cup where every single game was a classic. There were a lot of nil nils in the in the yeah. group stage, but there was also you know some good uh, you know some good football played, uh, you know. And I don't think that we at the end of the day shirked some of the important topics. I know we've had you know a number of difficult questions to to answer throughout the World Cup, and you know hopefully we've done our, our viewers and listeners justice by you know trying to actually you know sink our teeth into it. But yeah, I'm sensing. Uh, Producer Des has got something. <laughs> wow. Look at the pants. The salmon Jesus shorts, Christ. Yeah, well, if you Look just want to make salmon. sure that you make a first impression, that's probably the way to do it, JJ. <laughs> do, you, do, you know the, the, do you want to know the funniest thing about every, every Every time I go to Parc des Princes and there's a there's a possibility of running into, <laughs> into Nasser Al-Halafi, he will always remind me. He's got a great memory. He will always remind me of the salmon shorts that 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 time. This is the day that PSG unveiled Neymar's signing. I yeah. I I passed on the uh, the interview, the exclusive interview, to a colleague. So I I thought I was just going there to swan about, you know, enjoy the day. And then when PSG asked me if you want to, you know, go and go and speak to him, obviously I wasn't dressed for the occasion. But anyway, there we are. Me with my colorful vans and my salmon uh, shorts. I'm as, more uh, I'm more impressed gone, by the gone cops. down in. Uh, 
Look at them calf muscles. I'm kind of like I'm kind of like that. I'm like that meme of like the the half drawn horse that's got <laughs> the great like lower half <laughs> and the completely terrible upper half. It's a great picture, JJ, and a great yeah. point from all of you guys there. Not an easy question to answer yeah. at at all. Very difficult, and and in many ways. You know, what I see the World Cup is obviously very unfortunate. The stories surrounding this World Cup, the amount of deaths taking place to actually grow and build these stadiums, which was really disgraceful. And it's some type of topic that needs to be discussed, which we did do on our show throughout the World Cup. We, we didn't shy away from any of the difficult questions. We answered them open and honestly. And, and I don't think we'll ever see a World Cup like this ever again. Maybe there's a potential of a Saudi Arabian World Cup coming in. I'm certainly hearing the rumors about them making this uh, push for the World Cup. Um, but to see a World Cup in such a compact space where stadiums are, are within close proximity of one another... Um, that's very unique. It's very different. And it really is a one-off. We all know what happened with FIFA in this decision to put the World Cup. We've all seen the stories and we've all read it. Very, very disgraceful. And FIFA holds, in my opinion, a lot of responsibility for a lot of those deaths that took place when it comes to building stadiums. Um, but if anything, what this has done, it's created an awareness to all of us who are in our little shell in a world where everything's perfect and we can live freedom, we can say what we want, we can do what we want. And this state World costs Cup, a normal press. <laughs> this World Cup has opened up my eyes to what's going on in Iran. It's opened mm, my yeah. eyes to what's happening in Qatar. It's opened up my eyes to multiple religions, which we see celebrations from players, um, from fans in particular. And it's opened up my whole eyes to around the world what is outside of my, my little bubble. And if anything, it's wanting me to try to make the world a better place, to try to educate myself around different um, stories about other parts of this world and try to also educate them as to how we live our world. I don't want to change many people, but I certainly do want to see rules and regulations in other parts of the world when it comes to religion, when it comes to rules, when it comes to you know feminism or uh, you know homophobia, things like this. That, In my opinion, it's a really important part of my life. I fight against discrimination, all kinds of discrimination. So whatever I can do, and we must not shade away from the fact what happened with France and the players missing the penalty kick and then racism comes back into play again. Yeah. You've got England taking a knee. This World Cup, in my opinion, has showed me that everyone's still got a voice. They're all trying to use soccer as a place to demonstrate. And I hope that never changes. However, there's a lot to be learned. We still have to do a lot of hard work to make sure that we change the beautiful world and try to make it a better place across all facets, in my opinion. So before I get emotional and drop a tear, I'm going to move on from this one. That was a great question. Let's drop the next one. Go ahead, can JJ. I, can I just add one last uh, point on that before we get yep. to, to this question? Uh, I think one of the one of the maybe underrated factors about potentially uh, you know having a bigger and enlarged World Cup in the future is the other number of countries that could qualify that haven't qualified before, which might bring some of these other topics uh, to our attention. Like, uh, you know, for, for example, uh, you know, uh, an Israel, for example, if they were to qualify for a World Cup the first time that they've qualified, that would bring a lot of other different sort of political topics into people's sort of, uh, you know, uh, view viewpoint, which, you know, I think is is something that you can maybe make you feel a little more positively about the the possibility of the, the World Cup changing its format. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. JJ, take us into this question, please. Uh, okay, so is Chelsea's proposed spending on young players like David Dutrofafana, Yusufa Mukoku, Josko Gvardiol a good idea or could it hamper these talents and the existing talent like Armando Broja? 
Levi Colwell and Amari Hutchinson. Well, that certainly sounds like a Nigel Rio Coca question. <laughs> Thank you very much to uh, Krishna Vedantam fifty four twenty five. I hope I did justice to his uh, to his name. Good job on the names. Yeah, NRC. Oh wait, you're just going to read it? Nonsense. <laughs> no, I'm going to no, you I first. You... No, I, just, I, I took I, over I from Ian for like thirty seconds in the hot seat. Listen, Nigel, we got three minutes left. Will you hurry? Yeah, I'm just going to answer it very quickly. I personally don't think so. I think Chelsea yeah. are in a little bit of a rebuild situation. And when you look at clubs like Chelsea, they see themselves as in that one percent. They want to compete for the Premier League and they want to compete for European title. In the modern day of football, you need a big squad. And you talk about recruiting by other clubs in their same caliber or same zone. They're doing the same thing. They're getting the best they can get of young players, young talent. I mean, you want to be in that one percent. You only have to look at what Real Madrid are doing and the talent that they've acquired in the past year and still acquiring. So I don't think so. I think that when you're in that level, you have to compete as a young player. You want to be in the best. You have to show that you can handle it. So I don't think so. Yeah, I, I love that Guard, Guardiola is in that conversation. I think he's a player who would be very adept at playing in the English Premier League. He's one of the best young center backs you can have on the planet right now. He's a hot commodity. And Chelsea have an owner who has recency bias. He's very new to Premier League football. He's very new to the sport in general. And I would not be surprised if he goes after a lot of these young names and fresh names that people are talking about. Because, hey, if you got the money, spend it on young talent. Mm. To be honest, I'm not convinced by Chelsea's approach so far. Uh, I think they're just throwing money at everything and anything. Um, yep. I think they need to focus a little bit more on what they want the club to be moving forward. Think more medium to long term as opposed to short term. Uh, and until they do that, uh, I think that you know Chelsea are going to go back to sort of how they were at the beginning of the Abramovich era, where it's literally just splashing cash on anyone who's even sort of semi-good. Uh, and they will end up with a squad that's loaded full of decent but not great talents. I think it's going to be a long time before Chelsea really rebuild themselves getting close to sort of the the really strong level of old. Well said, JJ. And I'm going to back that one up there and say that it's not just on the field, it's also off the field with Chelsea Football Club with the decisions that they're making right now as to how they splash the cash. They are desperately trying to put something together to buy success. And as we all know, being a part of groups and teams takes time takes dedication, takes a lot of love and respect. And at the moment, I don't see absolutely any respect coming out of Chelsea Football Club. In fact, obviously, most people out there, if you do know or don't know, I have worked with the City Football Group for a, a number of years now. And it's one of the best-run businesses I've ever seen. It's just unbelievable. From top to bottom, the way they communicate, the way... And people don't want to leave there. But I have noticed a couple of people have left City Football Group to go to Chelsea because of that cash, right, that's been splashed. And these are not soccer players. These are players who... Uh, people who are working in the offices or behind the scenes... And they hate it. They absolutely hate it. And it just tells me that not everything is right off the field with Chelsea Football Club. And therefore, that means they're going to make a lot of mistakes before they eventually get it right within the football club. Jesus, man, I'm being very serious today. All right, Des, <laughs> let's, uh, let's go through some uh, whip around questions. These are one word answers. We'll start with Nigel, ML, and then JJ. Oof. Who will win the FIFA World Cup 26, please? And who will win the next Euro Cup? Uh, we'll go with you, NRC, ML, JJ. Let's go. Um, I'm going with Brazil and for the Euros, I'm going with France. Mm, mm, mm. I will start Euros first. That was more than one word, Nigel, just to let you know. <laughs> I back you up with France for the Euros and, oh man, World Cup's so difficult. Um, I go, I go European country. 
Let's go Portugal. It's not it's not a bad shout. I have I have Portugal looking much better once the the shackles of Fernando Santos and Ronaldo have been thrown off. Euros, France, and I'm actually gonna go France for the World Cup as well. Why? Because I believe in their dynastic potential. Ask me again closer to 2026. My answer <laughs> may well be different, but right now I'm gonna go for Le Bleu on both. Brazil. For the Euros. <laughs> this is hard. <laughs> so Brazil in. England. Oh, jeez. Brazil, England. I actually almost went for England to win the World Cup as well. Nigel, do England have any chance of winning 26 with this group of players? They are phenomenal, by the way. They need to be well coached, obviously, but do they have any chance of winning 26? Who sent this question in? Was this James Benj? (laughs) (laughs) Listen, it's like JJ says, if they take the shackles off and let these guys go out and play, then yes. Yeah. I just think, if if I'm honest, I've said it to JJ, if England actually copied France's model... England will be very, very successful. Yeah, but they wouldn't be there's English. still some undermining things that happen in England that I've I've seen and I've known. There's so many players they've let go through their net that they gave the whole one cap thing. And if it wasn't for FIFA changing the rules of if you haven't represented them in a national tournament or something, then you can change a, a, allegiance to obviously a different country. That's happened a lot of England. There's a lot of talent that England have let go through that system. Because of the politics, I feel I feel producer Des uh, <laughs> has has a point boiling up as well regarding some of the Irish English yep. links. But uh, we'll we'll leave that for the after hours. Oh, De- De- Declan Rice, Declan Rice. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody out there, thank you so much for your question. Sorry we couldn't get to every single question. Obviously, the time goes by very quickly because Nigel simply doesn't shut the hell up. So we do appreciate it. It's been you today. I've been well behaved today. Rewind and watch this tape. Nigel, should should we do something different today before we sign out of here? Because obviously we want to say a big thank you to, to everybody who's been a part of House of Champions, including all of the viewers. We, we can't thank you enough for what you've done, throwing in your questions, being a part of the show. But the inside House of Champions family has been so immense. The work coming in, not just from our group here that you can see in front of you, but also from James and Fabrizio have been a big part of it. We've had the In Soccer We Trust guys jumping in and at times helping us out. We've had a lot of guests coming in. Um, we've recently added Luis Garcia who's been a big addition to us as well we'll continue to add more people going forward but there's one person in particular behind the scenes who's been really special to us all and i think a big part of this family that is producer des you hear us mention his name a lot um i'm not sure if he's got a camera at all but if he does have a camera nigel should we bring him into the show yeah just point? show your ugly face your mug come on, <laughs> come on des come on des Desi, for everyone watching that's the man that makes this show work. For all the comments, everything, yeah. the content, without a producer of that high-level quality, we wouldn't be giving you the shows that we're giving and we wouldn't be engaging the way we're engaging with you guys. And then for all the fans that listen to us and send in questions, we love you guys. Spread the word. We love football and we love the interaction. It's all about conversation. We're not here to be dominant or to kind of make you believe what we believe. And that's the beauty of the game of football. But that man there, that Des you just saw, the ugly Atletico Madrid fan, he makes this work. <laughs> Feel free to shout him out also. 
I'm glad. I'm glad you mentioned uh, the the Atletico link because I was going to say if you <laughs> if you can find the generosity in your heart this year, just think of Des. Put 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 an extra wish on your on your list to Father Christmas, Santa, whatever you want to call him, for Atleti <laughs> to have a, a a good finish to the season and save Des uh, a lot of stress. But no, can't uh, I can't agree enough with uh, with Ian Nigel's points. Uh, you know, Des does a fantastic job behind the scenes. I mean, who else is there who could stitch together Nigel talking so many times about all the different dresses? rooms he's been in throughout his career <laughs> no des does a fantastic job he's the You're he is kid. the glue that holds us together and uh really You're it's uh, you know it's f- fantastic not i mean not just meeting des as well meeting all of you guys well my, mike aside but mike and i met up in europe before brooklyn but you know actually getting everyone together in brooklyn it's something that Sadly, because of COVID, hasn't happened enough since this project started. But uh, you know, looking forward to, to many more opportunities to do the same uh, in the future. And fingers crossed, in twenty twenty three, you know, we'll have a few fun things lined up for uh, for, for you guys to enjoy. Yeah, it's well said from all of you. And I, when I think of this group, when I think of House of Champions, I think of Des and the word family comes to mind. You hear a lot of networks talk about family and Des was the first person to welcome me into the CBS Sports family through House of Champions and what we have today. And I wouldn't know all of you or any of you from our viewers to all of you as a team if it wasn't for Des. And so I'm grateful for you, Des, for what you've done personally for me and including me and some of my crazy antics, crazy thoughts. I do think Portugal will win the World Cup, NRC. We'll talk about that later. And England will not win anything ever. But that aside, Des, you know, none of us would be here if it wasn't for you. So as Ian, you always do, just want to golf clap for you because you're the man. You said family right there. And often at times he's uh, an unwanted brother to me because he does text me at random times of the day just to you know, <laughs> ask the most ridiculous questions. But I do appreciate Des. And I think it was important to give him the shout out um, for what, what he does, the hard work that he does to put House of Champions together without him. And also going back to LME days yeah. with um, Keiko Lazzo. I mean, this is all kind of bled into House of Champions. And we cannot forget the hard work that was done from Luis Miguel Echegaray before yeah. coming into House of Champions um, all the way through the year. So we really applaud all his great work. And now it's House of Champions. We're continuing to move on and progress to 2023. And we hope it's going to be a year where we can get everybody together to really embrace us in person. And we cannot wait for that to happen. And producer Des will be making it happen for us. To everybody out there, thank you so much for all your questions, for being a part of our show, for joining in, for our new followers as well throughout the World Cup. We thank you so much from all walks of life, from everywhere across this globe. People have been tuning into House of Champions and making record numbers happen for our show. We cannot thank you enough. Make sure you follow all of the guys on their individual social media platforms. JJ, all of his articles across um, CBS Sports has been phenomenal to watch and track. Make sure you follow him intensely because he comes with some of the best news, as we've already spoken about before, out of Paris. So he is, of course, dealing with a lot of the stars. Nigel, of course, a great addition to our team with what he has brought, his honest opinion. It is so unique and so raw across the landscape around media. You just don't see people like Nigel. And they are a lost art. He was like that as a player. We call him the effing terrier as a player on the pitch. He's a terrier in the House of Champions as well. And ML bringing his just cool, suave attitude, his lovely hair, and now his wife's juice to the show as well. We appreciate you, ML, for everything (laughs) you bring, your honest opinion, and the way you calmly bring us back down to earth talking about Manchester United. We really appreciate you all. James Bench for, of course, bringing great content and Fabrizio as well. It's a great team we have here, but it doesn't happen without you, the guys who are viewing, subscribing, and sharing the show. Continue to do so. 
so please for us because we are continuing to get bigger and better and bringing you more and stronger content. So make sure you continue to do so. And as I mentioned, make sure you continue to leave us a, la- a rating and a review on your favorite podcast platform. Also available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and anywhere else you listen to your podcast. Also available as video. So subscribe to us on YouTube. Happy New Year, everyone. Enjoy the new year. Enjoy time with your loved ones. We appreciate you. I appreciate my family. Everybody, look forward to catching up with you in the new year. We are just getting started. Thanks to everybody. Happy New Year.